You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. If you are looking to improve the performance and return on investment of your marketing, that's the profit, then you're in the right place. I'm Chloe Thomas, host of this Marketing Focus podcast, and it's super cool to have you tuning in. This episode is the first of our month dedicated exclusively to Facebook advertising and Instagram ads. Back in October, we covered a little bit of Facebook ads during our advertising month, and you really loved the Facebook ad content. So I figured it was time for us to do a whole month just on Facebook ads. We're going to be getting into what images to use, what video to use, what copy to use, and exploring a couple of advanced tactics, such as dark posts along the way. Stick around for the whole month to get all of that. But in today's episode, we're kicking off with the image, the image you put in your ads. Just what should it be? Uh, In today's episode, we are going to be looking at um, colour. We're going to be looking at how frequently you change your ads. We're going to be looking at what sort of things should be in your ads. Um, I guess going to share some tips on how to work out how to improve your ads. We're going to talk a little bit about A-B testing as well. We're just about to meet today's guest and get into all of that. But before we do, check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Klaviyo will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with Facebook ads expert RJ Talia. RJ has spent the last 15 years creating and selling marketing software to make our lives easier and our results better. In 2016, he founded Pattern 89, an AI simulation tool that predicts which creative is going to work best before you spend a single dime on advertising. Hello, RJ. Hey, hi. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's great to have you here. And let, let's get straight into it. What on earth led you back in 2016 to go, I need to found Pattern 89 and get totally focused on advertising imagery? <laughs> well, that's a question I think uh, I ask myself sometimes, too, <laughs> uh, just because startup life is 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 fun, but a little bit uh, wild. Um, but, you know, across my career, I worked with so many marketers who did countless A-B tests to try to figure out what's going to work. And they would run an A-B test and then they would, you know, find the winner and then they would run with A and then they would find out, wait, this isn't working anymore. Now I've got to do another A-B test or another multivariate test or I ran Taguchi tests, these really complex multivariate tests with uh, marketers. And they're all trying to get to the same thing, which is what creative will resonate with my customers. And at the same time, I started exploring some of the newest capabilities that were coming out from uh, an AI world, natural language processing or NLP, as well as some advancements in computer vision and started saying, well, what if we could actually predict the answer of an A-B test before you ever ran a campaign? And um, I got with uh, some folks who are experts in AI who said, yeah, we could do that. And that's what led to the founding of Pattern 89. 
And um, so it was really that, that, you know, <laughs> doing 15 years of A-B tests and ultimately getting to a place where we don't even really have the right answer or the right answer expires because of the frequency of um, – of new campaigns launching because of the changing preferences of individuals. And, you know, can we do it in a smarter way? And the answer is yes. And that's what led us to start Pattern 89. Nice. And does it work so well that we can eliminate all A-B testing? Or is it more a case it takes all our ideas and gives us the best two options to test? Um, so yes, you can eliminate A-B testing now. We're over 95% accurate in predicting the winner, and that will more than um, account for any sort of uh, win that you would have with A-B testing. So yes is the short answer. The longer answer is, I think A-B testing still has value, but in a new way. So rather than having a human decide the A and the B, what if we could use a machine to simulate all the different possibilities and then find A and B? Because ultimately, we present our human bias in the two options that we present. And it might be the boss's favorite versus your favorite. Or it might be the creative person who's your creative person who's like, I love this idea. I've got, I really want to do it versus the performance marketer. Or it might be, you know, something that a competitor is doing versus what we normally do. So, you know, we, we bring our human bias there to those A-B tests and we're kind of slapping an A B versus a B. But what if we could use some sort of larger data set or predictive model to say, here's an A and a B that are both winners. And let's find the one that was going to win even more. So um, A-B testing, we, we think it should be dead in its current state. Instead, we can use A-B test to kind of um, uh, find the winner among winners rather than a winner and a loser. Yeah, I like that. The winner among winners. I just think of how much time, as in terms of days when we could be using our AOP, you know, our winner, that we actually spend doing a test. Yeah. And it, it also makes me think of the fact that you know, so anything that can save that time is brilliant. Anything that can save that money is brilliant. But also it makes me think that that often internally when you're A-B testing, you kind of endlessly pile down the same rabbit hole. Yes. You know, you, you don't suddenly take a step back and go, right, we've got to the point where we're testing capitalization of the first word and whether or not to include a full stop. Um, maybe there's something more dramatic we could be testing. Is that something which which you would, you know, advocate for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you end up iterating yourself into that rabbit hole and you're, and you find like one thing and you keep pulling on that thread, pulling on that thread, pulling on that thread till you're so far down it and you've become so granular that you've kind of lost the, the larger picture. So, um, you know, as you think about an A-B test, I the way that I explain it to e-commerce retailers is um, in the U.S. there's one Black Friday. So how are you going to A-B test on Black Friday? And the question might be, you're going to run 50% of your budget on option A and 50% on B. But like, what if I could tell you that you could run 100% of your budget on the winner? So you, there's only one Black Friday. There's, you know, each week, a lot of e-commerce retailers are trying to hit a specific goal. So each week, it makes sense to spend all of your money on the winner. Um, and the other, the other concern that, that we, so like, there's just kind of like the practice of A-B testing has sort of become... Um, in a way, kind of our lazy answer to um, doing the data analysis, it's like, well, let's just A-B test it because we don't agree. Um, and, and then we end up in this pattern where we're like, you know, spending time, money, energy, effort on creating two options, running it and then pulling the data and then analyzing it. That's a lot of energy that 
we're spending as marketers. And what marketers are better than humans at is creating and creating ideas. And so we can create new ideas. We can respond to the world. And I, like once a, uh, an A-B test is complete, it's largely irrelevant for the next campaign because it's a new month. It's a new season. There's a new promotion. Competitors have done something. I always joke that the Kardashians have done something new. Um, or the Royals have done something new, <laughs> you know, there's always something like that, 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 that kind of negates the learnings from previous AB tests. And especially in e-commerce land, man, we've got, um, you know, this life cycle of like seven to 10 days where we're trying to run a new promotion each week. And so if we're using quote, best practices that we established through AB testing from, you know, three months ago, they're obsolete at this point. They're algorithmically obsolete on Google, on Facebook, on Instagram, and they're obsolete in the in the the the, the kind of social conscious of our consumers. So, it, anyway, I'm, you can see I'm passionate about the, the the topic, but it's yeah, I think we can use our A/B testing in a lot better way, and then also stop relying on A/B testing to um, you know. Uh, uh, um, stop relying as a kind of the excuse for not creating new outliers or new ideas. I like that. New, find those new outliers, everybody. Um, well, Ardy, one of the reasons you're on the show today is because as, you know, with running Pattern 89, you see an awful lot of imagery goes across your desk or through your algorithm. And there's trends you're seeing from that, which which I know the listeners would would love to know. So when we're coming up, doing our good marketer work, and we're coming up with our new imagery ideas for our ad tests or for our ads, mm-hmm. what sort of things are working well right now? Yeah. Well, um, one of the, the best things about Pattern 89 is for, um, uh, for the last four years, we've been building a data co-op. And our data co-op analyzes over 200 billion creative ads every day. And we look at 49,000 different creative dimensions of it. So we look at, is it an image of a man or a woman? Is it an image of um, a woman uh, uh, with glasses or do they not have glasses? Are they in front of the mountains? Are they in front of the ocean? Um, Do they have a black shirt or a red shirt or a blue shirt on? And all these different, is there a cat or a dog in the picture? (laughs) All these things. And so we can identify what's trending up and trending down. And uh, we publish that in our creative forecasts um, on a monthly basis. So um, I'll share some of the latest from our 2021 creative forecast, um, which show all sorts of um, interesting um, highlights. Um, um, one of them is uh, the importance of um, of being alone. And um, the you know in the pandemic, we've all been by ourselves so much, and we've seen more and more um, ads uh, present with one person in them, and that person. Uh, rather than in a crowd uh, or a group of people. And um, that person is not uh, top performing uh, imagery does not include masks at this time. So a lot of marketers are doing ads with masks in them to kind of respond to the world, but those aren't actually performing the best. Um, And I think it's because Mark, because humans want like the dreamy state. We want the, we want the aspirational state rather than the life that we're living. So um, individuals um, with no mask, um, selfies are dri- are really driving performance, and so the kind of that more um, gritty, uh, transparent view into a brand rather than like the polished, pretty, clean, um, staged look. So by by selfie, we're not just talking about someone who's got the camera and arms with distance from them. It's the kind of like the the rough look of the imagery as well. 
Exactly. Yes. Um, and then I, I've categorized this as looking down is kind of is a big trend. So um, 36 percent of the of ads now um, have a, a, a an electronic device in them, an iPad, a phone, um, gaming, those types of things. So the individual is actually looking down at some sort of isolated activity. So those are some of the things that are driving the best performance from an imagery perspective. And then we're seeing um, interesting things on the colors. We track every hex code and its performance up, and we can see that um, colors like green and purple and this teal color are really driving performance up. And whenever I talk about color, marketers are always like, well, I mean, some marketers say like, well, should I change my brand colors or something to those? I'm like, no, 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 definitely not. We want to have our brands represent. We are humans. We need to have a brand that represents a human thing that's ethical and empathetic and um, responds to the world like that's what we have to do as humans but then how can we layer in these colors to um, kind of play to the algorithmic preferences out there so do we have our model with a certain shirt or do we use a certain color background or something like that when i hear the, the color bit the part of me goes well if everyone else is having a purple background let's go with black yeah so yeah. as we stand out yeah is that a a fair assumption or should we follow what the algorithm is liking? Well, there are kind of two responses to that. One is, um, yes, you should find the outlier. You should figure out what's going to drive performance for your brand. And what I'm describing is across all brands. So, um, but, you know, if you're a small um, shop or a small marketer and you're looking for what's driving performance, you should definitely follow that trend um, because it's going to be what's performing best. And you don't have to guess anymore. But if you're a larger brand, you should take that and understand, is that in fact going to drive performance or not? And the other piece is, um, you know, as as um, uh, as much as I'd love it, um, the the learnings from Pattern eighty nine's AI are um, not shared with everybody yet. So at some point, the the you know it'll sort of become a self fulfilling prophecy as we grow. Um, but we're not to that point. One day, maybe Chloe. One day, uh, we'll be big enough that we actually <laughs> have that influence, but not today. It's a bit like. Um... You know, I, I give talks places and you, you may have done the same thing because I know you've worked with a lot of email marketing businesses in the past, you know, and you're on stage and, and everybody wants to know which day should I send my yes. emails? Yes, and if, yes. if the crowd is big enough and you say Monday, suddenly everyone's sending on a Monday and it's like, well, actually... Not such useful advice, people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, because then it yeah it just becomes um, self fulfilling. So uh, the the other the other thing is um, certain calls to action drive better click through rates. And um, one of the things that our research for twenty twenty one has shown is that um, uh, especially for e commerce retailers, Shop Now is being used the most, um, followed by Learn More, but actually Get Offer drives the best results. So, um, you know, whether it's imagery or color or even the call to action that we're using, there are some kind of easy ways to improve the results um, at an aggregate level. But I would urge, you know, w with any customer, we compare um, what their data looks like versus the trend. And then we also have to think about things like top of funnel, middle funnel, bottom of funnel, like what is going to drive each kind of action down that funnel. Um, but uh, in aggregate, those are some ways that you can easily take the research we've done and put it to work for you. So the, the kind of like the, the trend at the moment to give us that quick fast forward with our Facebook image ads for anyone listening right now is that they want someone on their own, not wearing a mask, looking at a device, probably taking a selfie, rough photography, wearing a green top with a purple background, 
with the words get offer. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. The, okay, all, the creative, there you go, everyone. <laughs> all, all the creative directors who are listening to this are like grimacing. They're like, oh, no, here we go. No. Um, the other one I, I should note there is um, outdoor imagery, lakes, mountains, rivers, bodies of water, um, kind of that the free spirit, you know. Um, mountains, those types of things, camping, that type of stuff is also really driving best performance. So add that into your, um, uh, your creative recipe and you got a winning formula there. <laughs> Go on. And Arjun, you've already mentioned that, of course, this is kind of like the broad brush across everything and that it's going to differ from sector to sector, from brand to brand. And you, you touch then on the stages of the buying cycle. So do you find that do you find, or how different do you find the imagery needs to be when you're analyzing awareness, consideration, and conversion level activity? Very, very. Um, you know, as, as we seek brand awareness at the top of funnel, um, the types of things that drive performance there are much different. So we see behavior of the presence of logos, for example, or the presence of text overlay drive different behavior um, than at the bottom of funnel where we are looking more for a product shot. Um, so it's more like, um, you know, top of funnel, we're looking for people whose lives are being changed and aspirational imagery versus as you get through the funnel, you want a discount or you want some sort of promotion or call to action that's maybe less branded, but more about the, um, the benefit. Um, whereas the top of the funnel, you might see, um, you know, somebody smiling and they're happy and, um, but the brand is more present. So brand awareness down to click down to then conversion. So, um, and you know, it, it's whatever the metric that you're after, whether it's a CPM, a click through rate or a cost per click. Um, and then ultimately that conversion, whether it's a purchase or an app download, the behavior does change. And, um, it's important to, to align your creative strategy with each of those steps to get the mass, most out of your money. Which I know probably people listening are going, well, that's kind of obvious, but I know there's at least half of you out there listening, I'm sure, who are going, oh, it never occurred to me used to use a different graphic at different stages. Yeah, guys, this is, this is why we have to really drill down and why there's so much scope with our Facebook ads and Instagram ads too. And then the, the other angle I wanted to just check in with you on, RJ, was do we've said you said you you produce a trends report every month and we said these are the trends for 2021 and that it's constantly evolving. How how long is this kind of ideal image we've just come up with? How long is do these rules tend to last? Do you find is it days? Is it weeks? Is it months? It's weeks, as I would say. Um, you know, the average creative life cycle in 2020 was around 36 days. Um, so marketers are you know, updating their creative every 36 days. Now that varies. We track 24 different industries. So industries um, like education, um, as well as food and beverage seem to be very long in their creative life cycle. So it's more like two months and more, whereas um, you can see retailers, sports, entertainment, refreshing their creative more frequently. So the average marketer is replacing creative on about 36 days. So almost every month, but top performers, when we stack, when we stack rank those creatives and say, what are the top 10% that top decile, they're actually refreshing their creative every 10.4 days. So top performers, every 10.4 days, average performance, 36 days. And um, so the creative life cycle being for top performers around 10.4 days, those creative changes happen almost every week. 
um, that can be overwhelming for businesses that don't have the agency or the creative team to to do that. So, you know, that's that's something to consider. But if you're looking for kind of a, a benchmark, it's every month. And that's why we publish our creative forecast every month as well. Wow. Um, everyone listening, we will give you details later on how to get your hands on that uh, that update that, that RJ creates. Because I know you're currently going, I need it. I need it. I need it. Especially <laughs> if you're not listing in February, if you're listing in August, because you're going, right, right. green and purple, gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we will we will give you that, give you that shortly. But um, I thought when you said the average is 36, I was like, yeah, there's some people who do it daily and there's some who do it once every six months. But you said saying that the longer ones are at two months. Yeah, yeah. So anyone out there listening, if you've um, if you've been using the same ad creative for the last 12 months, it's time to change it. Yeah. Well, a lot of times, you know, a lot of times, Chloe, we we point to the creative marketers point to their agency or their performance marketer and say, well, this was working. Why isn't it working anymore? And um, the, or they'll also say something like um, the audience must have run out. The audience is the problem. We aren't doing the right targeting um, or the bid management is not up to snuff. We don't have the right bid management or whatever the case is. But oftentimes we look right past the creative and assume that it's not the creative because the creative's on brand, because it has a you know clear promotion. But the thing that marketers need to understand, and this is where like I have an English degree, right? So I, I, <laughs> I, I, I think I'm like a lot of marketers out there who also come from a liberal arts background. Um, we don't always understand the, the, what the algorithms are doing. And um, the algorithms um, on Facebook and Instagram are prioritizing fresh new content that customers are clicking or sharing. And so they're prioritizing that content because that makes the whole experience on Facebook or Instagram more engaging. So um, they're deprioritizing content that people have seen and seen for a long time. And so as marketers, we kind of applaud ourselves or <laughs> pat ourselves on the back for saying, well, I have an evergreen campaign that's getting me a three to run ROAS. Isn't that great? Or something like that. Um, but that evergreen campaign, while great, um, still needs updated creative because it could perform even better. Um, or um, those marketers who are letting their campaigns kind of run till they just die, you know, till the creative just dies um, with that evergreen creative. Um, it's um, in one way, it, it could be cost effective, but there actually there's a missed opportunity or an opportunity cost of not refreshing their creative. So, um, but it all has to do with the algorithm. And I, I, I talk about, uh, it's kind of a clever phrase, or like, I think I'm very clever by um, coining this, but like beauty is in the eye of the algorithm. Um, in that beauty or the ways that marketers, uh, you know, create actually has to be not only what their consumer will click on, but what the algorithm will prioritize. And I know, and we know as marketers and what Facebook tells us is that new creative gets prioritized higher than old creative. And so there's just the behavior change or the, the, the frequency of the creative that needs to be updated. And then if you're going to update it, you want to make sure that it's actually performing in line with trends as well as where the world's going. So kind of those two components, what does a consumer care about and what does the algorithm care about? So um, got to kind of honor both of those in your marketing strategy. I like it. I love that. Beauty is in the eye of the algorithm. I may be stealing that. <laughs> Please uh, do. <laughs> um, RJ, we're going to pause now for a reminder of our sponsors, and then we're going to talk about the wider world of Facebook advertising. 
Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS and personalised website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit clavio.com masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com masterplan. Okay, RJ, so far we've gone deep into image trends. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of Facebook ads. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with Facebook ads, which does, of course, include image trends. RJ, are you ready for these? I'm ready. Let's go. Okay, let's start with Facebook ads newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to finally get round to taking their first step with Facebook ads, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? Right now, I would say become an expert on the changes with iOS 14. Those are really going to change the ways that marketers um, create and launch campaigns on Facebook. And so um, attending a webinar, reading up on it um, is going to set you ahead, especially if you're starting right now. That's the world that you're entering into is a world where iOS 14 is actually driving a lot of our performance. So that's one thing. The second thing, if I can sneak it in, is just setting the frequency of your creative to be refreshed at least on a monthly basis. That is going to set you apart. And um, oftentimes we launch Facebook advertising and we kind of launch it and then forget it. Instead, it's launching it with the mindset of, I'm going to refresh my creative every month. That is part of the deal. Okay, two very sensible pieces of advice there. Um, Now, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve Facebook ads performance? Oh, it's it's creative. It has to be right. Um, it's understanding what creative is driving performance and what's not. And of course, I'm going to insert sales pitch for pattern 89 here. But humans can do this as well, not at scale, but humans, if we just literally print out every Facebook ad and eyeball them, understand what are your what's common among your top performing creative and what's common among your bottom performing creative, just jot that list down. And then hand that list to your your creative team and say, here are the dimensions or the creative things that are common among our top performers and bottom performers. It's amazing how you'll find quickly, just with your own eye, what's driving performance for you um, um, up and and performance down. So um, that's a you know an easy way to 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 dig in. But it is about creative. Of course, we can talk about how the way the machines do it, but um, the creative is is my answer there. I love that tip because we're all. We get so used to just looking at things on screen, but to actually print off your best performing ads from the last six months, say, and look at them and go, right, well, oh, look, they all use this model or they yes. all are done in this way or they're all, it's such a simple thing to do, but which, because we get so screen focused, we can skip it, can't we? Mm-hmm. Love that. Right. If someone's listening, want, if someone's listening, we know you're listening. Loads of people are listening. If someone listening wants to learn more about Facebook ads, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? Well, can I plug Pattern Eighty Nine here? I, I we we publish you can, our if you want to, yeah, of course yeah, you can. Well, I mean, we publish our, our creative forecasts. There are you know twenty pages of creative insights and creative ideas, and um, they should be a part of it. They're free, so you know 
pop over to pattern 89 and launch uh, or download our creative forecasts. Um, they're, uh, they're leg up and they're free. What I quite like about them as well, because I, I am now signed up as a result of, of getting you on this podcast, is that I find sometimes I'm trying to, I'm going, right, I need new creative. My brain's just going, Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. You know, so it's almost like a cheat sheet of, oh, I'd never thought of doing that. Right, we'll do that. Yeah, you know, I describe it as like, um, you know, you're, you're, you're hungry and you're bored of eating the same meal. It's like I pull out a cookbook and I just flip through it. I'm like, oh, oh I forgot. I, I like, you know, sweet potatoes or I like whatever. Like this can be a, just a creative kind of shake up. Um, and um, yeah, I, I think it's a it's the same way as I kind of look through a cookbook on what I might want to order, um, uh, you know, from the grocery uh, uh, this week or what I want want to make for dinner. In the same way, you can kind of it's a, like a lookbook, uh, steal some ideas. You just totally distracted me and reminded me of my promise to myself that I was going to try and cook a new meal every week this this year. And so far, we're recording this in the third week, second week of January, and I haven't managed it yet. So now tonight, I will be getting out my cookbook and flicking through it. But that, everyone, has nothing to do with Facebook ads. That's merely about my own personal life. So uh, let's get get back to Facebook ads with the last of these insider tips questions, which, um, RJ, it's crystal ball time now. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months we should be getting ready for in Facebook ads? Well, uh, Chloe, of course, I'm going to say creative, um, but this is specific to um, some of the changes that are coming out because of iOS 14. Um, we've seen a rapid decrease in the utilization of dynamic content or DCO, as well as other automated feeds um, because of some of the audience changes in um, uh, uh, being affected by iOS 14. So the importance of static imagery um and that actually can be images or videos in the the retargeting or the bottom of the funnel is going to be even more important because rather than showing um a product which i browsed or which your consumer browsed to that consumer to get them to convert we got to get creative and got to figure out what is it about the bottom of the funnel that's going to drive those people that we don't have as much audience insight on on anymore what's going to drive them to convert so I think that that's what we're going to have to get ready for and experiment and learn. Um, how do we drive the conversion um, uh, at the bottom of the funnel? And it's going to be a creative answer. Um, the metrics in general are going to get wild, I think, um, on Facebook as we figure out what this new normal. Gosh, doesn't everybody use that phrase? <laughs> another new um, normal. Yeah, it's another new normal. But, um, I, you know, the, as the metrics picture changes um, on Facebook. But I think that um, uh, really the, the bigger uh, change is going to be the creative at the bottom of the funnel. Excellent. Thank you, RJ. Um, I've got, got a feeling this month we're going to get a lot of talk about the iOS 14 changes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, RJ, we're now nearly at the end of the show. So could you let listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Sure, sure. We'll, we'll check us out at pattern89.com. Uh, we have a number of different resources there, like our creative forecast. Um, we have a whole learning center. Um, it's all free. So um, do check that out. Hopefully it's of value to you. Um, you can find me at RJ Tallier on Twitter. Twitter. So um, RJ Taylor is a Canadian biologist. He might also like your follow and uh, uh, be interested in what you have to say about Facebook marketing, but RJ Tallier is, uh, is my handle. It's T-A-L-Y-O-R. So check me out there. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, RJ. And, uh, and thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been awesome finding out more about what's working in the world of Facebook image ads with you. So thanks for coming on. Thank you, Chloe. Appreciate it.
Well, I'm guessing all of you are now off to go and refresh that Facebook image creative um, and to to put in place some of those ideas which RJ shared, but also to make sure you you head over to Pattern 89 and get that monthly creative forecast they do, because that would just give you that, that kind of that flick book, recipe book uh, that will help you out. And uh, now we mentioned the iOS 14 issues which are coming up. Now, this is all to do with Apple changing their operating system and changing how much information gets tracked as a result of that operating system. We have put together a page of links to great free resources that explain the information on that. So, you can find that by going to keep optimizing.com forward slash iOS 14. That's the number one and the number four. If you go there, you'll get redirected to a page we've got on the e-commerce master plan website, which has some great free resources. If you receive our email newsletter, then you will be uh, be getting links to that in the, our weekly emails as well. Because there's lots of great, or there's an awful lot of content out there about it at the moment. But what we're trying to do is to whittle through and bring you just the best. Um, and we're updating that as and when I come across more resources. So there's some great stuff on there, some, some web replay webinars. We've got some blog posts. Um, so yeah, that's there for you. Keepoptimizing.com forward slash iOS 14. Um, now, if you go to uh, keepoptimizing.com, you will also find a link to this episode. And there you can find all the things we've mentioned in this show. You'll find the full transcript script even, and you'll find um, the links to the things we've talked about. So just head to keepoptimizing.com with an S not a Z and you will get access to that. There you also um, will find um, links to all our Facebook ad content in case you can't wait for the next episode and you want to binge on it right now. So all of that's there. Now, as part of my mission to help you improve your marketing, I've invited all our Facebook ad specialist to join us for a Q&A webinar at the end of this month. That makes it your chance to get your questions answered by our experts. Because I know I'm sure a lot of you are just shouting questions <laughs> at whatever you're listening to us on right now. So that's going to be your chance to get them answered. To be there, um, you need to get yourself registered for free to the webinar. Head to keepoptimizing.com and you'll find all those details. Well, look, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, do check out episode 16, which was our most popular episode in 2020. I'm joined in that one by Sarah Joffrin from Nest Performance, and she's sharing some amazing advice about how to structure your Facebook ad campaigns for maximum success. That's kind of the targeting and account structure side of things. It's an awesome episode, hence why it's our most listened to of last year. Please, it would be lovely if you could spread the word to any of your fellow marketers who you know are also looking to improve their Facebook ads at the moment because I create this podcast to help you guys improve your marketing. So the more people I can help, the more people who listen, the happier I am. Have a great week, all of you, and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.